0: Coffee with Humans is live, candid conversations between strangers who become friends. Made possible with your support. Subscribe, share, and comment on your favorite platform. Get Coffee with Humans mugs and more. Links are at coffeewithhumans.com. Thanks for joining me. You've done it again. We are live here with Coffee with Humans with my new friend, Melissa. Melissa, welcome to Coffee with Humans.
1: Hi, I'm so excited. Jazz hands. Jazz hands, jazz hands. That's how excited I am to be here.
0: Wow. That's I impressive. Know.
1: I know. First time? First time ever having jazz hands on here?
0: I think so. I'm gonna say that I'm gonna say yes.
1: See, it's, see. I'm special.
0: You 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 know what? You truly are. I believe it. Uh so i i welcome to coffee with humans. I'm curious. We need to get this out of the way. Sometimes I forget to ask. Uh, we just met each other, so I don't know where you're located. I've done zero research on you. Where are well, you?
1: At? I'm from Salt Lake City, Utah in the States.
0: Okay. All right. I'm from near Chicago.
1: Oh, nice. Yes. In a it's town that dark. very few
0: people know. We are. But I was in Salt Lake. Oh, I've got a story about Salt Lake City. I was saying karaoke in Salt Lake City, um,
1: yeah. and it was a yeah, great I time. Mean, you know... Utah has a lot of quirky things about it. And uh, karaoke is definitely one of those quirky little things. You either love it or you hate it, right?
0: Yeah. I think it might have been um might have been a year ago. A little over a year ago. Um I was in Salt Lake City, found business, and uh went out with went out with the uh, the folks I was with after the fact and went to um went to a went to a karaoke bar called the Tavernacle.
1: Ah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with the dueling pianos.
0: It was great. It, although, yeah. so we, we showed up the first night, um, saying karaoke was fun. And then we went a second night. We thought, well, we'll go to the back, the, the next night went, went back the second night and there was no karaoke. They were doing like art. They're, they had these like paint, painting thing. We walked in this, everybody's doing painting and it's like wine and wine and yeah. painting. I don't yeah, know.
1: It's night. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they, do you go to paint they, night. They do, different, they do different nights. I haven't done paint night. I actually, funny enough, went with my mother to a like a similar thing, but it was for like putting succulents in like a terrarium thing and you got to drink while you're doing it. But my mother is actually Mormon, which I don't know if you know anything about Mormons, but they don't drink. A little bit. So yeah. when we we do you go and you do this at a bar, but um unfortunately no drinking was happening because I was with my Mormon mother. So, well, fun times, lots of fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. I thought it was I thought it was hilarious to name a bar the Tabernacle uh, when yeah. the Tabernacle is down the street.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. Thought it was pretty funny. It's funny because if you go all over Salt Lake City, um, because the Mormon culture is like such a big part of Salt Lake City as a whole, and and Utah as a state. Um, there's tons of things. One of my favorite martini bars downtown has a sign out front. It's literally like right by the temple. And so it has a sign that points one direction that says uh, alcohol and the other direction says temple. And it's it's just the funniest thing. And they have even name tags that are from the church, but that are the bartender's names. And so you'll find little things like that, like all over Salt Lake City where people are just like, Super subtly, like making fun of yeah this weird underlying culture that we have. So it's it's interesting. It's interesting. It, did f- get it was
0: my interpretation that the co- that I didn't have I didn't have a lot of time to get around. And now I was during co- I was at conferences during the day, and then you know dinners and drinks at night. And it did seem that the culture was a was split. There was it like there might not be a middle ground in Salt Lake City. It was either you were, <laughs> you were for the for the Mormon Church or for or really not for it yes, and uh yeah. i found it, i found the distinction
1: to be interesting yeah yeah uh, in in utah in general um the mormons here are very staunch so you are either in or you're out and there really is no like like oh we go to you know like with with catholics for example it's like oh we go to church on you know easter sunday and christmas and like you know sometimes we observe lent or i don't know whatever it is you know so they're half in and half out with the mormon church at least in utah i've heard it's different in some other states but in utah you're either in or you're out it's very like black and white so provides for an interesting culture and uh, lots of fun while drinking so can't complain right
0: well this is this is fun i've been in your i've been in your hometown you you grew up in Salt Lake city Assuming?
1: I did. Yep. I'm super boring. So I grew up here and I stayed here. Ta-da.
0: Well, you know Jazz hands. You can't be that boring.
1: Listen, I try to bring I try to bring some some pop to my life, because what I mean, I don't have many I don't have many like interesting stories, right? Like I grew up in a two parent household with loving parents in the same place, stayed here. I live in the suburbs. Like I'm just kinda yeah. boring. Go so jazz hand. He's straight laced. Right. Yeah. I'm yeah, very well good.
0: However, however you need to work it out in your life's totally fine with me. Uh, cause Coffee with Human is a safe space. Uh there's this is this is a no judgment zone. Uh Sorry. so I yeah, when we go live, we just set up this little no judgment zone right yeah.
1: around us.
0: So we can talk about anything you like.
1: That makes me very excited because um sometimes things can get a little quirky when they but you know, that's part of being raised in a very vanilla environment. So, you know, it's, we're stepping outside of that.
0: <laughs> yes, I, I do agree with this. Um, so we've covered that you're in Salt Lake City. Uh, we've covered that you, your are mother's M- 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 Mormon. We've been in the same bar. Uh, do you sing karaoke? Are you a karaoke person or no?
1: no listen i uh i have one of those voices that uh only a mother could love so karaoke is not my jam Uh, well
0: i sang um i sang uh what's the song um why are there so many songs about rainbows uh i sang that the the one that kermit the frog sings yes i sang that yeah, I sang that in uh, there. There was a different bar that we went to the second night I was there. Um, down the street, I don't even know where I was at exactly.
1: Yeah, maybe Um cool. Dark. It was okay. super,
0: like super dark. It's like really dark inside, and I don't know.
1: Dark.
0: <laughs> you're like, yeah, I know. You're like, have you been to a bar?
1: that they don't get trouble.
0: Well, wherever it was at, they had a big wall of liquor. It sort of sounds like every other bar, right? Big, wall of liquor, dark in music so that covers it um but i sang i sang um i sang with well as kermit at that bar but like, why are there so many songs about rainbows and what's on this, the other side and we had the whole place the highlight going. of
1: my life i feel like we could just do this whole entire conversation where you sing like kermit the frog i would be more than I'm... happy to do this <laughs>
0: Do you play a piano? You like play an instrument? Piano, guitar, flute? No,
1: no. Unfortunately, I'm not. I'm not the musical type. As I mentioned, I'm a little straight laced. So you know, sometimes, sometimes my personality can be pretty quirky. But I'm really into like, like organization and like those types of things. <laughs> so I'm not super like, I'm not super creative. I always wanted to play the piano when I was younger, um, but I never, I never could learn. Like I just looking at the pa like all the notes on the pages, they all just like all blurred into the same thing. And something you should know about me, fun fact. I have ADHD. So sitting for long periods of time and like just trying to do one thing, my brain yeah. is like, world, like let's go do something else. So unfortunately, yeah. I don't play any musical instruments, but I have I have a v a love for people who can play it because I cannot so
0: okay well that's it's never too late to learn i'm told but i'm I'm trying to learn guitar and it's not going so well um and i have a 20 year old guitar because my parents bought for me in college when i wanted to learn the first time and it didn't go so well then either but uh i'll i'll hang with the with a piano player and uh and uh i'll sing
1: you know i tried to learn spanish on more than one occasion in my adult life because i'm married to a man who's from peru and, uh, both times actually no sorry three times i've read three different times i'm still maybe 50 50 like i can i can start a <laughs> conversation but i can't finish it i always like to tell people i speak enough spanish to get myself in trouble and hmm. that's about it so i have i have a hard time believing that um that old dogs can new can learn new tricks if you will I tend to think well, people are a little more set in their ways, <laughs> unfortunately.
0: From what I hear about you, you could use a little more trouble in your life. So um, mm-hmm. use that Spanish to your advantage and get yourself in trouble. Yeah. The So why did you choose to, to click the button to have coffee with me?
1: Yeah, so funny enough, this I actually have a friend who was on this show, and she talked about how much fun she had, and... I really enjoy talking to other people, especially people who are also business owners of some sort. Mm -hmm. Um, As you can assume, working from home, I get very bored just sitting in front of my computer all day long. I have lots of conversations with my two-year-old, but at some point in time, you know, having conversations with an adult is, is a really nice break. So when I thought about, oh, I could come on here, it'd be super casual, we would just chat. And then we'd maybe talk about business, too. It was like, mm-hmm. sign me up for this. So that's why I'm here.
0: Okay. So I'm your uh, adult conversation fix for the day?
1: Yes. <laughs> yes, you are. Yeah, I haven't okay. talked to to any other adults today aside from my husband, who, let's be honest, he's really a seven-year-old trapped in a 30-year-old body.
0: Oh, snap. Here we go. Here we...
1: It's okay. I tell him this all the time. It's, it's...
0: Hey, if it's working for you, that's all right. That's good. Yes. So, you're, you're one of the topics that was on your mind cuz I I ask everybody to to just give me a heads up on what you're thinking about. And then you probably wait like 2 or 3 months to get on the show, and then whatever you were thinking about 2 or 3 months ago no longer is what you're thinking about, which is, you know, totally fine. But you, when I said, "Hey, what are you thinking about today?" you said work-life balance, which is it's interesting that that's on your mind when you also have a two-year-old running around and you're trying to do work and get your adult conversation fixed for the day. So you must know a little. You must know a little bit about work-life balance.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, funny enough, um, I actually started my business in order to obtain this work-life balance because mm. um, before I got into business, this this business that I have, which I will talk about later, but for All intents and purposes, we'll just gloss over it. Um, When I started my business, um, I was pregnant and working for a business finance company. I'd worked there for several years. And basically, I was in charge of... I like to tell people I was the enforcer for uncollectible. So basically, what would happen is people would go through the collection process. Then they would say, we can't really get anything out of this. We're going to push it off to you know, our our legal department, and they basically get to handle it. So what I was in charge of is hiring people all over the United States to go and either do repossessions or serve court documentation or all of this fun stuff, right? So I did that for a long time. As I'm sure you can imagine, it's um, a, a pretty stressful job. It's not, not the most fun and um, quirky and flexible it's it's a lot of work. So, I was working probably 50 hours a week and when I realized how much money it was going to cost to put my daughter into daycare to work 50 mm-hmm. hours a week, it was like 50% of my take home pay. And I was like, well, if I'm going to work 50 hours a week and bring home like 1500 bucks, like there isn't a snowball's chance in hell I'm going to do that for one and for two, right like I can do, I I can make 1500 bucks in a business. Like I have enough faith in myself that I feel like I could bring in 1500 bucks working less hours than that in a business. So, um, I basically decided to start my business in an attempt to get this, this work-life balance and be able to raise a child and have a life. And I enjoy traveling a lot because as I mentioned, I've lived here my whole entire life and so I like to get out and go experience other places um, and so you know when I started my business I was like well I want to help other people do this too so um, I started off as a virtual assistant and slowly kept creeping into this role of like hiring people and managing team members and helping people develop strategy to grow their business but not spend tons and tons of Time working inside that business. So, a lot of what I do is also helping people achieve this work life balance. And so, for me, it's one of those things where helping somebody get to this point where they can have work life balance, it's almost like unlocking this door. And all of a sudden, you open it up and it's like, oh my gosh, I've been locked in a closet my entire life and there's all this other stuff to do. And, um, it's, it's just, I can't even explain to you, like, what it feels like to help facilitate this. This, like, aha moment of, like, oh, my gosh, I don't have to work 12-hour days just to, like, make enough money to pay my bills, pay my business expenses, and have a little bit of money left over. Like, I can mm-hmm. I can travel. I can go and do these things. I can go on vacation. I can take days off just because I want to or because my kid is sick and my business isn't going to literally implode over it. So it's something I thoroughly enjoy doing, but I also have practical application here in my own life. So yeah, 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 fun time. It game. must give
0: you a leg up to, uh, I would assume it gives you a leg up to be able to live the life and then craft your own life because it seems that uh, talk talk is cheap, but doing it is, doing is everything and you you would i would think be able to help somebody else do it much better because you've actually you are in the middle of doing it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's um I think it's always really nice to work with people who like understand the problem and the solution, right? So hmm. it's great to it's great to have somebody who says, "Hey, I I know how to solve your problem," but if they've never actually experienced your problem, it could be a little touch and go of like do they actually know how to solve my problem or do they just think on paper they know how to solve my problem? Because there's a real difference between on paper and practical application, right? So for me, it's really nice because I can tell people like, hey, I have done this for not only myself, but you know, now I can also say I've done it for other people where we build out standard operating procedures. We hire the appropriate team members. We put you know systems in place that support your business in order to actually, like, go and take a week off. Like, you can take a week off and you don't have to take your laptop with you. When I tell people this, they're like, I don't have to take my laptop with me on vacation? Are you serious? Yes, you don't have to. There are ways that we can structure your business, and I'm living proof of it, and so are my clients, that if you lay the correct foundation, it's absolutely feasible for you to be the owner of the business, but also take time off that is completely detached from any type of electronic device or any connection to your business. Like you don't have to be available to people 24-7. And it's, it's really, really empowering to give people that flexibility because I think most entrepreneurs start their business under this ideology of like, I want more work-life balance. I want more flexibility. I want to be able to enjoy my life. So that's what I do. I help people enjoy their life. <laughs>
0: well, there you go. That, I and mean, that's a that's a worthwhile thing. I mean, there's all sorts of communication out there. all uh, the Bay of the gamut, I mean, you've got the Elon Musk's, who who uh, you know put in, hundred plus hours a week, probably, uh, and family. How, you know, how does family fit into that? I don't know. I don't don't have an answer for it. Uh, then you've got folks on the other side, which is, you know, we need to, uh, focus only on family or whatever we call this life thing and, and work has to take a backseat. Then you've got some folks in the middle. And I, this was uh, work-life balance came up in a previous chat once with a friend of mine. Um, and she was just talking about, you know, how she's putting her life together. And uh, another friend of mine contacted me. And I had, had kind of similar, similar thought. She said, it's kind of like pizza, that it's not really, it's not really apply yourself all to your work and then apply yourself all to your life and apply yourself all to your work. It's really like a pizza and, and achieving, uh, achieving the proportion of ingredients of work and of life or, you know, a family time or personal time or whatever that those components of your life are, uh, achieving a certain proportion of those so that in the end you get the pizza you want. Which is, I mean, that's a great lesson from entrepreneurship. If entrepreneurs well, I've I've worked lots of, lots and lots of entrepreneurs and I've told them all the fastest way to lose money is to start a business. The fastest money way to get money is to get a job. And um That's true. And so <laughs> and so if the risk, if the input that you have to put in, because sometimes you gotta double down on those efforts, mm-hmm. um, if the, if the inputs that you're putting in are not leading to the life style that you want, go get a job. You might have more money, less stress and be happier in the end, yeah. but if you're going to go down the entrepreneurship road, you have to, it's a, it's a, a process. I think of assertiveness of really gather, get, get, t- taking your life under your own control. And I think the word that comes to my mind when you're talking about what you're experiencing is the word freedom. Um, but freedom is not free. It just costs you something different, and so you become a slave to other things. There are other co- there are other constraints which you experience, which a person who, you know, goes off and works for somebody else doesn't experience. Or the idea that you're going to be an entrepreneur, you work for yourself is bullshit. You're an entrepreneur, which means you work for everybody. Exactly. You used to have one. You used to have one boss, and now you got six hundred. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> I couldn't. Which not is have a different lifestyle. Myself. <laughs> Absolutely, it's so true. <laughs> It's so true. But it's, it
0: works. I mean, it it probably works for your mind too, I would think, because if you're if you're a little bit of this, 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 you need you have to feed that and you have to be assertive about knowing knowing that part of your personality and then crafting your life to fit into it. So you might not you might actually not survive in a, you know, in, in a job where you're like a repetitive motion type thing.
1: Oh, um, I, you, I your brain
0: you. probably would die.
1: I could tell you some stories. I um funny enough, so. I I like to tell people this story about my dad. So growing up, um, I have parents who are over 65. Well, they're in their 60s, right? My dad is over 65. So just to give you an idea of like what generation they fall into. Um, So my dad taught me a lot when when I was growing up of like, you just put in your time, you like go to college, you get the career, you put your time in at that job, you cash out your 401k, you retire, and then you can do what you want. Right. Which I think a lot of us, you know, were taught this. But um, I, I kept getting into this this weird pattern of like I would start a job. They'd be really excited about it. A year to two years would go by. And all of a sudden I was like pulling my hair out. I was like, I am miserable. I cannot imagine having to do this one job for the next 40 years of my life. Like, I I can't possibly do that. I don't know how people do this. And for a long time, I thought, like, I just need to grit my teeth and bear it. Like, everybody's miserable. I just have to do this. Um, when I started my business, I realized that this is not the case. And for my brain, you're absolutely right. My brain is needs lots of different challenges to, like, go through in a day. So for me, having six or seven or eight or nine or ten bosses is totally fine because each of those bosses has different challenges that I can help them solve or that I can tackle in their business and it changes every day so it works out really well for me and I you know I found that a lot of entrepreneurs have have these things as well right where they started out in mm-hmm. corporate and then found that this just wasn't like it just didn't seem like a fit and so then they moved into entrepreneurship and they're like oh my God, here it is. Here's the fit. Like, you know, but nobody gets told in high school or whatever that like entrepreneurship is even a pathway. So it's kind of one of those things that everyone I talk to is like, oh yeah, it just fell in my lap. Like I just stumbled upon this thing and it happened to be the perfect fit. And so, you know, people always are in search of this, this work-life balance and then entrepreneurship just kind of like, plops itself in your lap because when you think about entrepreneurship at least when i think about entrepreneurship i think about the never-ending hustle right i think about this like super bro culture of like if you want to make a million dollars you gotta work 15 hours a day like just this crazy aggressive like you have you know this is the way you do it and this is how you have to be successful and to its credit in the beginning when you're first starting your business a lot of it is the grind, right? Where you're trying to get clients and you're trying to build this business and you can't outsource to people because you need revenue in the business. So a lot of the beginning stages is that. And this is where that whole like pizza analogy comes in of like, okay, right now I may need to have just a cheese pizza. And hopefully we're going to eventually start to add some of the other pieces back into this to make it what I really want. And you know, I tell people all the time, like, work-life balance isn't something that just happens. It's something that requires work. It requires this continued persistence and pursuit towards that end goal, which you mentioned a little bit earlier. But it takes work. It's one of those things where you have to you have to put hard boundaries on things. And you have to say, okay, I'm done working at 5 o'clock. If I get an email at 530, that's you know, time that I dedicate to my kid, it will not be interrupted by work and vice versa of like, granted with kids, you have to be a little bit more flexible. Like sometimes you have to take, you know, day. like sometimes they get sick and you have to take a day off and that's just how it (laughs) goes. But having, you know, quiet hours for your business and you say these are dedicated work hours versus these are dedicated family hours. I've found this works for most people in really working towards achieving that work-life balance. And I, and I say work because it is. It's work. You have to be constantly saying to yourself like, no, no, I'm not going to answer this email at 5.30. I stop work at 5. I'm not going to do it. And sometimes you just have to put your phone away and say, I'm not doing it. I'm putting the phone down. I'm not doing it. But it's not always easy. It's not always sunshine and rainbows over here. Yeah. So
0: Totally. It takes a lot of self-management. Um, yeah. and sometimes parenting, well, first of all, it takes a lot of parenting to be an adult, uh, parenting of oneself first and then yeah. parenting of the others who, who seem to, uh, continue on after us, it seems, right. uh, and then the man, the management of, 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 of our lives is a real, I mean, it's a real thing. There's a lot of moving parts and not everybody's cut out necessarily to, to work in all those little moving parts. Um, it seems to me another another thing that comes to my mind uh, is the idea that a lot of entrepreneurs end up doing things that they don't like, and they are no good at. Uh, and, and at the intersection of the things you don't like, and you're no good at is failure. So the, so as, as fast as you humanly can is trust a bit of a process and figure out what the things I don't like, and I'm no good at who does like them and who is good at them around me and learn to learn to give those things away, which is a process. It's a, it's a discipline. And it's also before it becomes a discipline, it's a or as it becomes a discipline, it's a I think a it's a real learning process for for a lot of people. I know that I know it is for me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I am the first person that I hired. um, I tell this story a lot because I think a lot of people don't really understand. um, Not only is it difficult for you to actually let go of things, but it can also be really difficult to accurately give that person the support and instructions that they need to be successful so a lot of people hire somebody and then that person is set up for failure and they end up getting to this place where they're like see I knew I knew that I could just do it better myself and that's the wrong like that's not that's not going to help you in business and so I have to a lot of times pull people off that ledge and say okay how did we set this person up for success? Were you actually prepared to hire this person? Did you have trainings for them? Did you set clear expectations of deliverables, like things that they were in charge of? There's a lot that goes into hiring somebody, which I did not know when I very first when I hired my first person, which was a virtual assistant. Um, I hired this person. I really, really liked her. She seemed great on paper. We had a really good personality match, but. It was my first time hiring somebody, so I had no idea really what I was looking for. It was just like this person has an awesome resume, and um, I really like her personality, so we're going to give it a go. Um, I had no SOPs in place, standard operating procedures. Um, I had a task management like system, you know, to keep track of what she was assigned and what she was doing. Um, but I had no like quality check process in place. A lot of what I ended up doing was like just throwing things at her and i was like please take this like please just get it off my plate which i think a lot of people do like when you're ready to hire somebody a lot of times you're bursting at the seams and you're like please god just take this off my plate like i'm dying um but you're inevitably setting people up for failure so this person that i hired um she actually ended up ghosting me completely with with an outstanding invoice so she invoicing me like she was working and then sending me an invoice for the hours. Well, she had done the work, but she never sent me the invoice. And I just never no. heard from her. And so I was like, How bad of an employer am I that you don't even send your final invoice to me to like get paid for the work that you already did? Right. And so it caused this this serious like introspection of like, How how do I become not only a better leader for this person? But how do I set this person up for success? Right. Because I've worked in crappy corporate jobs where I felt like I wasn't set up for success and I didn't want to be this person. So, this is kind of how I stumbled into my role now, which is the online business manager role, which is basically a general manager or a virtual COO of a business. I handle team management, hiring, you know, SOP creation systems all those all those fun things that business owners don't want to do those are the things that I take care of so having this really terrible first hiring experience is what really opened my eyes to like okay you have to you have to know how to hire people correctly otherwise you're going to waste obscene amounts of time training this person getting them onboarded having them make tons of mistakes and then inevitably leaving you with like this hurricane in their wake right because you don't know where to even start looking for quality problems they now have maybe passwords to your things you have to revoke access like it's a big it's a big ordeal which is why i spend a lot of time talking to people about <laughs> hiring but in in a way that makes sense right don't just like go out and and start like well like please take this thing from me yeah it, it, it's a process and
0: it seems it seems when 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 people think about and i've been i've been there i've lived this life several times over uh in all sorts of ways of success and failure uh mm-hmm. and uh it seems to me that when the tendency is hey, i just need you to take this from me what's missing with well, the thought process that's missing in that is that is that in inherent in that in that giving away of something that i've not yet put together means that the other person is is probably, or needs to be more skilled in that area than I am. Mm -hmm. And yet, that's another hurdle that people uh, routinely run into, which is hiring anybody who's more skilled. And so the idea, it's like this weird intersection, it's not weird, but it is an intersection of, hey, I need you to take this from me, and I want to pay as little as possible for it. So I'm hiring somebody who's just like a gopher, um, like, just go do this. So I'm gonna tell you what to do, but I need you to put all this stuff together. And that's not, that's not the same individual. Like I'm a pretty skilled person. So most people can say, hey, just, you know, I just need you to do this and I can figure it out. And, you know, you, you've been down the road of putting, you know, SOPs in place and then hiring people and putting the whole plan together because you've done that, you're probably pretty skilled in that area. Now, when somebody gives it to you and says, hey, I just need you to make sense of this nonsense right, then you're, you're probably pretty adept in there, right? That's not the same as just saying, hey, I'm going to go hire some, you know, uh person off of Upwork. And I, you know, they're, they're a virtual assistant. They're just going to put this whole thing together. No, they're going to execute the plan, but they're probably not the person put the plan in place. And in fact, those are usually two different personalities. You're probably not going to execute the plan either because you, you're like, want to move on and on, but but you'll put you're probably the person to put the plan in place because you'll give it all that energy. You'll take a lot of different inputs. You'll make sense of them, and then you'll out you, the output will be somebody else who's just like, "Great, can I just check the boxes and go home?" And exactly. that you know, I'm I'm happy.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you know, so having somebody to actually implement a strategy is a very different personality type. Now, I'm. I'm pretty good at holding people accountable, so putting the systems in place and then holding people accountable to follow them, that is, like, not an issue for me, but it's, you know, when you're hiring somebody, you're expecting them to follow your instructions, and so sometimes, you know, that's the person who's, like, supposed to go and do the thing. Now, with business owners, I I wanted to go back because I had a thought while you were talking of, like, the problem that I see with business owners is that they'll hire somebody, but they're basically hiring somebody to do like 10% of the work. So because they're not adequately prepared with the SOPs or the systems or any of any of this back-end like foundational stuff to help support that person, the business owner then has to give tons and tons of explanations, do countless amounts of videos, onboarding takes, you know, two or three months when really it could take two weeks if you had all these like you know built out for this person to go through and just binge through them um so it ends up taking months it takes lots of your time and in the end the business owner still ends up doing like 90% of the work because they're explaining the whole process which at that point I've had countless business owners say to me like if I have to explain all of this to this person I would it would take me the same amount of time to just do the thing. So then you're essentially paying out money, but you're taking longer and it's taking more of your time, which is why these SOPs and things like that are so, so important. And, you know, just by nature, people don't understand what they don't know, right? Like they just don't know what they don't know. So most people have no idea that SOPs are even a thing, let alone like, craft one or how to use them to like hire the right kinds of people and make sure that they the people you're hiring have the skills to execute these SOPs and like there's a whole bunch of stuff but if you don't want to do the 90% you have to do a lot of work front to build the foundation I use the analogy of a house all the time where like you wouldn't just buy a plot of land and start putting two by fours out and creating walls on top of this dirt right like you would never do that because eventually the dust is gonna settle the walls are gonna like fall over like they don't have anything to connect them to the ground and eventually your house is gonna fall apart so why people do this with their business all the time where they don't build the proper foundation and they just start putting up walls and in this like panic mode of like oh my gosh, I had this huge client sign on today. I don't have any of the capacity to like handle this person, but I also don't want to say no. So now I have to hire somebody and I don't have any support for them at all. Yeah. Like this.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the, I, what do they call it? The, work, the working on your business versus working in your business. There's a process, right. it's a discipline, it's an assertiveness to work yeah. on the business. Take a, Take really a step back. Years ago, I ran, um, ran a e-commerce business and had, had, had a handful of people and a couple of distribution centers and stuff. And I had a hard time letting go of things because I found that in my personality, if I if I would be in the vicinity of people talking about something that needed a decision, I'm a good, I'm a good, you know, I'm, I'm like, I know a lot about that stuff, you know, it's my company, I'll, you know, figure this stuff out. And, um. I would, I would have the tendency to offer my opinion, which was not needed. I wasn't going to, my opinion, was not going to make it mark that decision markedly better in the moment. And so what I decided to do is I would just not show up to those things. And I started at one point in time to be able to extricate myself from the business. I would just not show up during the day. I would still be available. I'd still work and what it, what it allowed people to do was not see me. So not to feel like they had to run something by me. For one, they just needed to make a decision. And then it also exposed the areas that I did not see before that people um, had real questions like, hey, we can't do this without you here. Oh, great. Some of the, it seems to me that sometimes the best ways we find those are to deliberately, deliberately offer an opportunity for something to fail.
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely. And this is kind of where, like, taking a week vacation comes in, right? If you go on vacation for a week, your business isn't going to implode in a week, especially if you have, you know, people working behind the scenes. But it is a really great opportunity to double check and make sure, like, can this business function without me? Can this business keep going? Because, you know, I I tell people all the time, like, most of us didn't just start a business to have it like live and die with us right most of us started a business so we could either you know not only have the flexibility but also potentially have this asset that can either be sold or can you know be passed down to children or you know given to a spouse in in the event of our untimely demise right like it's an asset and just like a house like You want to make sure that that asset is is protected and that you're taking care of it and doing maintenance on it, right? So we're coming back to the house analogy. Like if your business was a house, you would want to make sure that it's not going to like fall over if you're not here. So a really great way to do that is by taking a vacation, coincidentally, by actually going out and doing the things that make you happy, things that, you know, help achieve that flexibility in your life. And then coming back and saying, okay, how, how did it go without me here? Oh, we still had this launch of this product and I was completely off grid. Perfect. Let's keep doing what we're doing. Or, oh my gosh, our website completely crashed and nobody knew how to get into it. Like,
0: I, okay. I love your house analogy in that circumstance, particularly because there's a funny, there's a funny thought that comes to my mind. So there's, In, in the idea of owning an asset or owning a business or starting a business as an asset, uh, a lot of people don't see it that way. They see it as their like creation and it's my thing. And I'm going to hold on to this thing. And instead of taking a step back and say, you know, is, is, could this stand on its own or would anybody be interested in it? And one of the best ways to increase the value of an asset is to not, is to not have the owner be an integral part of operating the asset, which funny enough that you're using this house analogy, because. All sorts of houses are sold at high prices because the the previous owner leaves. How many of us would buy a house where the previous owner would keep a room there and be like, "I'm gonna I'm gonna be here for a while. I might just clean up after you." You'd be like, "I'm not buying this Never. house. What's wrong with this person?" And in structuring a business so that you could leave is the same as trying to sell your house uh, with without you having to be there.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and you're totally right, people. People forget that businesses are assets. They are not only your livelihood in the immediate, right? Like they not only take care of you in the immediate, but they essentially build this kind of generational wealth, if you if you will. And if you take care of them the correct way and you build the foundation, right, and you do all the maintenance and you make sure that the right pieces to help protect that asset exist, then- yep you know, eventually it may get so big that you're like, you know what, I'm going to sell this thing and we're going to do something else. And then you've got all of this money that can come in because you've set up, you've done all the work to set up that foundation. I know a lot of times what will happen. I have a friend who's also in operations who specifically works on these like merger and acquisition type sales. And she comes in because these people are getting ready to sell their business and they're like, oh, is, I don't have SOP. This person's asking for my. You iPod.
0: can say shit. It's okay.
1: Okay. I I had been saying. I didn't cover away. that
0: with you. I didn't cover that with you in advance. I apologize. Some people ask that question. You're welcome. No, to.
1: <laughs> no worries. So, so they have a real oh shit moment of like, yeah, I don't have, this person, this person who wants to buy my business wants my operations manual. They want to know how how I keep track of everything. Like they want to know yeah. the ins and outs of my business. I don't have this, and it could kill the sale. I need and people pay her a lot of money to come in and do this because they're desperate, right? Which is not a place you want to be. You don't want to be forking right. out the money in an attempt to save this sale. <laughs> like yeah, again, like your house. If like you it's,
0: do it's, if you do it in advance, you. you yeah, if you do it in advance, like you're talking about, you end up living the life a uh, a more free life, not being so tied down to to the business in the meantime. And then when you go to exit that business, it's set up for you to just hand over the keys and walk out the door. I th- I think you're. I mean, you're you obviously have I wouldn't say stumbled upon this, but you put so a lot of thought into into this, um, yeah. and and it seems to be working for your own, you know, for your own life, uh, right. as well as your as you're iterating and putting the pieces together, which I'm sure is not always easy.
1: Yes, yes, it can definitely be challenging. Um, and funny enough, like as a person who creates SOPs and, and does this for other people, I actually had to outsource my the creation of my own SOPs because yeah. I was simply too close to the business, which I think a lot of people, this kind of goes back to that, um, that thought process earlier, where it's like, just because you can do something, doesn't mean that you should do something and just because i can create all my own sops doesn't mean that i should create all my own sops you constantly have to ask yourself like is this the best use of my time well Mm. you know depending on what you charge per hour i like to always think of my time as like per like if i spend an hour on this and i charge i don't know a hundred dollars an hour if I was paying somebody else to do this exact same task, how much would I pay them to do this task? Oh, with right. a $20 an hour task? Then why am I doing it? You know, so coming coming to this place of like, should I actually be the one to do these things? And in many cases, the answer is probably no. Unless it's like, you know, going out and, and getting new clients or bringing dollars into the door, more than likely should not be the one to do it. And that's just... Yeah. It depends on every business, every business is different. But it, in my own situation, I was not the best person to do all of my SOPs. I created all the videos that then led to SOPs, but I did not take the time to do the SOPs because it was it's a lot of work. And frankly, outsourcing it to somebody else was a better use of not only my time, but also just my sa- like my energy and for the sake of right. my sanity. I was like I just, I can't, I can't, I can't be doing this. Um, I'm going to get into the weeds on this and I'm going to get down in the mud and I'm not going to be able to pull my head out of this. And being able to see that is a real skill. It's a real skill.
0: Totally. And it's, it, it, it seems like it's a, um, I, I wouldn't say it's uniquely, uh, it's maybe it's a, maybe it's just a overall human condition issue, but. It seems that we sometimes we inevitably or or have to go through that cycle of getting things flipped, where all of a sudden we become, well, it's like we're working for our business rather than our, you know, work working for us. Our work really should be an integral part of our lives, and our psyche. And like you talked about, you know, you said I, to to save my sanity, I needed to do this, which is a real thing. Yeah. There's there's just so much a person can take on, and when you take on, and I've lived this time time and time and over uh, the, 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 what, once you, uh, once you've, you're, you're at a hundred percent capacity for making decisions and working stuff through you're, it's over. Like, yeah. and then it's, and then it's like, you know, the, uh, the, the bad, the real bad habits start cropping, cro- you know, creeping in where it's like, what do you want for, you know, for dinner? It's like, I don't know, the easiest thing, fast food. And all of a sudden that, the, you know, that ends up in a bad cycle. So we, I think, uh, I think there's a, Real, real assertiveness and protectionist um, side that we need to develop as entrepreneurs to be able to take care of our own san, uh, like you talk about our own sanity, our own minds, our hearts, our our spaces, our physicality. Because then we then we actually can skillfully work on our businesses. But once once we once that domino has flipped, all bets are off.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's really the end goal of achieving work life balance, right? Like people just to like bring it full circle right is like the reason why people want work-life balance like yes it sounds great but it's also a really great way for you to protect your sanity and make sure that you have energy to do the things that bring you joy in life because at the end of the day like if you're living to work and working to live like it just is not you're going to go insane. You're going to have, you know, severe depression at the end of it. You're not going to feel like getting up in the morning. You're going to experience burnout. And this is why it's so, so important to not only work to achieve this work-life balance, but continually try to achieve that and do things to make your your abilities to achieve this better, like do additional things. It's It's a work in progress all the time.
0: Yeah, totally. Well, I know you've got something coming up here. I asked you, uh, I asked all, all my guests if there's a link that we should put up on the screen at some point in time. What's the link? Um, and for our viewers and listeners, thanks so much for joining us. The, um, Coffee with Humans is a candid live co- talk show uh, with conversations between strangers who become friends. I knew nothing about Melissa a uh, little less than an hour ago. Uh, and we've had, I think, a, a rousing conversation in the meantime of not only valuable things, but fun and important. Uh, important things to just life in in general. So um, what's this link and why is it there?
1: Yeah, so this is a link to my upcoming live workshop that's going on at the end of the month where I am covering everything related to outsourcing. So this workshop is titled Outsource to Scale. And I'm basically going to go over some of the nitty gritty of the things we talked about today. So finding the right person to hire, figuring out what it is that you are actually wanting to outsource and can actually afford to outsource, how to interview this person and onboard them in just a matter of days so that you're not wasting tons and tons of time trying to put things together like haphazardly and throwing, you know, information at somebody. So this workshop is supposed to teach you how to do this the right way so that you can finally achieve that work-life balance, you can finally hire somebody and start to really scale your business.
0: Wow, that is super valuable. I've I've uh, started run and even sold some businesses in my time, and uh, have advised hundreds of entrepreneurs at this point. And what you're talking about, it's near and dear to my heart. I love it, um, and uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here and uh, and and uh, believe that you've that you've kind of figured out some secrets that people could learn um and i don't say that because this is a sales show because it's not um but i do know that any any sort of skill development in the area of how to work smarter is super super important uh and uh so i love what you're doing there it's cool
1: yeah come and come and learn from all of my years of mistakes and um i'll teach you all the secrets to avoid them so it'll be fun (laughs)
0: So as as we're winding down our time uh, in straight lace uh, Salt Lake City with uh, vanilla of uh, vanilla existence,
1: oh, no. what are you
0: what are you doing for fun?
1: Um. So funny enough, I actually spend a good amount of my time doing going to the gym and like being fit, fam. As my husband likes to call it. So yeah. That's something I really enjoy before I had kids. I was actually a competitive bodybuilder. So, it's something oh, wow. I Yeah, I, find, I guess Driven. maybe I'm not. I'm, maybe I'm not as vanilla as I let on to be. I don't know. Um, but it, yes, yes. Uh so I was a competitive competitive bodybuilder, I found that it really helps to decompress after the day, so I really enjoy it. Um, I also enjoy a good glass of wine just on the porch at the end of the day with my husband. So, you know, those are some of the fun things that you can find me doing.
0: That's awesome. Well, Salt Lake City is a great, uh, a great place. I I know a little bit about this, the areas around it i have been there uh, and what you're doing for work is so valuable. Uh, so really, I mean, kudos to you for putting that together uh, instead of living an uh, existence that was not uh, serving you.
1: Yes, yes, it has uh, served me very well. So thanks so much for having me on. This was lots of fun.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Well, this is Coffee with Humans, live candid conversations between strangers who become friends in an effort to make the world a better place. You can find us frequently. It's an, uh, it's an unknown schedule. The schedule is um, is mystery, but you can find us frequently oh, at okay. YouTube. Yes, exactly. Every that. week, several times a week uh, on YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Daily Motion. Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio, a bunch of other places. Join thousands of listeners each month. Ooh, jazz hands. All the, places.
1: all the places.
0: Jazz hands, all the places. I love that. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Bye. One of the things I love about Coffee with Humans are the raw conversations I get to have meeting new people just like you. If you or someone you know should be on Coffee with Humans, Go to coffeewithhumans.com. Remember, the only rule is no sales calls.